0: professional sports teams are always trying to fill the gaps of time between the action. If you've ever been to a professional basketball game or baseball game, you've probably seen some of these silly games or activities that they do or performances that they try to bas- bypass the time with. One I've seen arise in recent years is the baby race. Now, this is what where they take a bunch of babies that are learning to crawl and they put them on the basketball court down at the one end and the parents are at like the half court line or the other end of the court and the goal is by to win by getting the focus of your child that can just learn to crawl and get it to crawl to you and be the first one for the child to arrive to the parent in the midst of all these other babies. Now of course this is entertaining because how easily are children distracted who are just learning to crawl they're distracted by the other babies crawling around them they're distracted by the other adults calling out the other kids names they're distracted by the fans that are in the arena or at the very least they're distracted by the fact that there's just different colors on the court that they're crawling on but our lives are not all that different from these kids in a baby race we have an ocean of voices around us that are screaming for our attention And we can get caught up in watching other people and how they're living their lives. Or we can get bogged down by the the color or the the smallest details of life. All of this while we're meant to have our focus and be listening to one single voice in the midst of that ocean. The voice of Jesus. Jesus. In our passage this morning, Jesus begins to use some language that we'll see over the course of the next couple weeks, but it's language that we're all familiar with, the language of a shepherd and sheep. Like the babies in the race are meant to focus on their parents' voice and crawl towards them, we also, as sheep, are to follow the voice of our shepherd. The question that arises for you this morning is, who is your shepherd? Whose voice do you listen to and follow as you go throughout life? Let's get into our passage. It's John chapter 10. We're starting John chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 1. We're just going to do the first six verses this morning. Truly, truly, I say to you, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now as we go through these just these first six verses, we see a variety of roles begin to pop up already, right? We have sheep, we have a shepherd, we have strangers, And in the midst of looking at all those different roles, we can often maybe overlook a more, what seems to be minor role, but really plays a major part. One role is mentioned only one time, but plays this discerning part in all of it. Did you catch who it was? Look at verse 2 and 3. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper... Opens. In this illustration, the gatekeeper is the one who determines who's allowed to have access to the sheep. He alone is the one who forces strangers to have to climb in by another way, and he alone is the one who determines who is the true shepherd that is allowed to come in through the door. So the question is who is the gatekeeper? Who gives the authority on who should be the shepherd for us as the sheep? Jump down to verse 29 of chapter 10. Jesus is keeping with this sheep language. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Who gives the sheep to Jesus? Who allows the access of the shepherd to come to the sheep God does. The Father is the one who gives the access. Anybody who tries to sneak in by another way doesn't have God's approval to be the shepherd. So as our first point here, we see as Jesus' sheep, you submit to God's approval of your shepherd. God is the only one who should have the authority in our lives to determine who our shepherd should be. And we see Jesus is the approved shepherd because he is the one fulfilling the promise that God had made long ago in the Old Testament of a coming shepherd. It'll be up on the screen, but let me just read to you from Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 10. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop. To their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness later in the passage it actually God actually says i will be their shepherd and then he turns it and says the shepherd is going to come through the line of david so now we arrive at jesus coming through the line of david now saying in john chapter 10 i am the shepherd so God gives a promise that he's going to come searching for his sheep and saving his sheep, and now we have Jesus as the fulfillment of that. Jesus is God coming to save and shepherd his people. The question for you right now is whether God's approval of Jesus being your shepherd is enough for you. Are you willing to submit yourself to the shepherd that God has approved for you to have. As we said before, we live in an ocean of voices. These voices are constantly telling us what approval they have and how they should have our approval for them to be our shepherd. For some people it may be Fox News or CNN who's their shepherd. For others it might be your long Time, family friend, or a family member that you always call for advice when a situation comes up. Or maybe it's yourself that you think you can just figure out a solution on your own if you just try hard enough. My reminder for you this morning is God has approved one shepherd, just one, one voice to be heard and followed. It doesn't mean that other people aren't used in our lives in order to help us in that, but it does mean that every other voice that we hear has to be filtered through the question of, are they pointing us back to our true shepherd? But that only works if God's approval actually means something to you. You know, we've, you've probably got it as well, but we've got some pieces of mail in the last year or so that have a stamp of approval on the front that says it's from the United States Department of Treasury, right? Now, that sounds really important and really official, so the first couple times I receive this, what do you do? Well, you open it right away and figure out, okay, it has to deal with money. Do I owe it, or are they giving it, or what, Right? Most of the time what they've said is they send these about two or three months after you've received your stimulus money that they sent out just to let you know that you should have received it by now, right? Now, of course, you get a couple of these, and it's finally it's just like, okay, I mean, I, it's not that I don't check my bank account for two or three months at a time. I already know it's there. I really don't need the notice, but I understand they send them out. But the point is... Because the voice that was speaking didn't seem to have significant information. The approval that was on that envelope lessens for me. In fact, I just received another one this week, and it's still sitting on the table unopened. Right? You already know what it's going to say. And so we have to ask ourselves that same sort of question. How how do we view God's approval of who he has stated who our shepherd is supposed to be? As the gatekeeper, God is the one who says, Jesus is to be your shepherd. Does God's approval of Jesus being your shepherd mean anything? Does God's approval have that weight in your life? It's only if we understand that having God's authority is necessary for us that then we respond to Jesus as our shepherd and to the strange shepherds in a faithful way. First, let's look at the strangers. If we think God's authority is enough for us to determine Jesus is supposed to be our shepherd, we then flee, avoid the voices of the strangers. That's what we see in the second point. As Jesus' sheep, you discern and flee from the voices of strangers. If you submit yourself to God's approval of Jesus as your shepherd, then as a result, you're going to respond a certain way to those who don't have God's approval. Look at how Jesus describes these strangers in verse 1. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. These strangers don't care to have God's approval to enter in. They don't have God's approval, so instead they try to climb in by another way, and Jesus is clearly talking about the Pharisees here. Right now, we don't know the time frame from end of chapter 9 to the beginning of chapter 10. They kind of just kind of flow one right out of, the, out of another. But it's possible that there was a gap of time, or it's possible that Jesus just kept on speaking to the Pharisees right after the conversation. We don't really know, but the point is still clear. Jesus is referring to the Pharisees here. Jesus is saying they're trying to sneak in and not go through the door, because if they're going to go through the door, that means Jesus is the shepherd. Or we'll see next week, Jesus says he is the door to the sheep. But if you notice something, what's the goal of those who climb in by another way? He calls them a thief or a robber. Jump down to verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. These people who are trying to steal the sheep are not doing so in order that they think they are caring for the sheep. They're doing it with a self-interest. They either want to sell the sheep or slaughter them or whatever it is that promotes their own self-seeking. But the sheep are not oblivious to this. If you notice in the passage, the sheep that belong to the shepherd have a specific response to these strangers that try to climb in. Look at verse 5. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus' sheep don't know the voice of strangers. What does that tell us? Two things. First of all, it tells us these strangers are attempting to call out to the sheep, right? That's the only way they would hear a voice is if the strangers are actually calling out. So these strangers are trying to lead the sheep in another direction. But second, these strangers don't sound even close to familiar to the sheep. Their voices are so different from their shepherd that they recognize it easily. So what do they do? They don't follow them. The sheep don't follow the strangers, but instead, right, notice, it doesn't say, well, they just kind of sit around and wait and maybe grow familiar with the voice of these strangers. It says they flee from them. The sheep hear a voice that isn't their shepherds and they turn and they go in the other direction. They have no desire to follow the voice of a stranger because that stranger isn't Jesus, and they know that. The stranger isn't their shepherd. It's not the one that the gatekeeper opens because the gatekeeper approves of him to come in and lead the sheep. We've done the same thing in our own lives with children, haven't we? Stranger danger. We tell our kids not to listen or to talk to anyone that they don't know, because we know the reality that not everybody, but there are people out there in our world with harmful intentions towards our kids, and we want to protect them. But the question is, do we apply that same thing to the other voices in our own lives? When I say Jesus' sheep are to discern and flee the voices of strangers, I'm not saying you can never speak to an unbeliever again. I'm not saying you have to avoid all contact with your friends or your family members or with the media, although avoiding contact with the news or social media may be in the best interest of some of you. But what I do mean is you have to consider what voices have your trust Which voice does your heart tend to follow? You can speak with your friends, your co-workers, your family members to give advice to them or even to hear their advice, but you should only be giving your heart's trust to that voice if that voice is echoing the voice of Jesus. Now it's hard to discern between the voices of the people around us and the voice of Jesus as the shepherd if you don't recognize the voice of Jesus as your shepherd. And I don't mean, did you hear Jesus' words spoken a few times for an hour on Sunday mornings, right? Can you imagine applying that to a sheep? Can you imagine a sheep going astray on Friday, and you go over to the sheep and you're like, what are you doing? I told you Sunday morning what you were supposed to be doing at Friday at 5 o'clock. Nobody would ever think that's how you shepherd a sheep. A sheep needs its shepherd's voice daily, hourly, to be leading them. So why would we be any different? Why would we think that, oh, I can, you know, I can have Jesus' voice for just a couple minutes or one day out of the week and I'll be good and I'll figure it out the rest of the week? It's really hard to discern between the other voices around you and the voice of your shepherd if you've only heard the voice of your shepherd once every so often. And just because someone in your life calls themselves a Christian doesn't mean that maybe they haven't been influenced by other voices who aren't the shepherd either. As we grow to be familiar with the voice of Jesus, our hearts then begin to flee the voice of strangers. I myself have family members of my own. I even have pastor friends of my own that when they begin to try to speak, uh, my heart knows automatically I have to keep a distance. That their word of advice might be coming from life experience, which not necessarily is always bad, but they're not filtering it through the voice of Jesus. It doesn't mean I have no relationship with those people. What it does mean is my heart is on alert when people who are strange voices try to speak into my life. So how discerning are you about the voices that you have speaking into your life? And are you fleeing from the voices that don't echo the voice of your shepherd? Because as we saw in the first point, Jesus alone is, is the approved shepherd. His voice alone should be that which gives us direction. So that brings us to point number three. As Jesus' sheep, you cherish and follow the voice of Jesus. Everything the strangers do with a hidden agenda, with an agenda of harming the sheep for their own self-interest, Jesus does with the purpose of caring for the sheep. Jesus doesn't have to sneak in, though. Jesus comes to a sheep, but he, does, he calls out for them in a reason to care for them, with a purpose to keep them healthy, to lead them in the right direction, whereas the others are doing it for self-interest. So let's look at what Jesus does here. Verse 3. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. So first, Jesus calls his sheep by name. My friends, this is true of nobody else in the world. The news media, social media, your friends, your family members, even your spouse and your kids, nobody knows you as well as Jesus does. Nobody knows every detail about you, every secret place of your own heart. Probably even we don't know ourselves even that well. But Jesus does. It's not saying here Jesus just casually knows you by a name. It's saying Jesus knows every detail about you. Everything. In fact, as the Son of God, I would argue Jesus was part of forming every part of you. So who better to be your shepherd than the one who knows you better than you know yourself? And knowing all of that about you, what does Jesus do? He calls you. Knowing every detail, every sin you've ever committed, every sin you ever will commit in the future, Jesus still calls you by name. He calls you to be part of his flock. And he's only able to do this because at the cross, all that is true of your name is put on him. All those sins, all those details of your life where you failed, he takes. So that in his resurrection, you then can now enter into new life and be part of his flock. He takes your sin and the wrath that you deserved and gives you a new way of life. So Jesus saves you, he calls you, but not only that, Jesus leads his sheep, we see. Or if you look at verse 4, it says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. He leads them, he brings them out, he goes before them, however you want to phrase it. This is a reminder that by his grace, Jesus never leaves you on your own to figure things out. You always, always have access to your shepherd's voice. Always. You always have access to speak to your shepherd through prayer. And in saving you, Your shepherd also gave you the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that will convict you when you start to go astray, and that will assure you when you are following the shepherd. No matter what you face in life, your shepherd is always with you. You just have to trust him. Which then leads to our responses, though. We saw here what Jesus does. He calls and he leads his sheep. But if you remember the point that was given, as Jesus' sheep, you as the sheep cherish and follow the voice of Jesus. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that Jesus calls and leads his sheep because I think that should stir us to cherish and follow his voice, that he does call us by name knowing all the details about us. But I think we need to consider these responses this morning. Notice again verses 3 and 4. Now look at what the sheep do. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So here, verse 4 he has brought out all his own. He goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I'm going to rearrange the order. The sheep hear his voice, the sheep know his voice, and the sheep follow his voice. So first, you hear it. In order to hear it, you have to be within earshot of it. Which means you have to place yourself in proximity to where Jesus speaks. But you not only hear it, but you, when you hear it, you know it. Now this is for those who are saved, who have received the Spirit, right? Who hear Jesus' voice and hear it, and they recognize it, of that's the voice of my shepherd. There's a comfort, there's a joy that comes when you hear the voice that you recognize. And in knowing his voice, the sheep do what? They joyfully follow their shepherd. You follow the voice that you cherish. When I was growing up, I cherished my dad's voice. Now, he's probably going to listen to this or watch this or something be like, no, you didn't. But I did. He wouldn't have ever thought so, but I really did. If he was excited about something, I myself tended to feel excited about something. If he was upset about something, I tended to feel frustrated about whatever the situation was. Now, I still love my dad, but I've learned, and he's actually happy about this, that I've learned this, that I don't have to take my cues from him, but instead, I now cherish the voice of Jesus over my dad's voice. I've come to realize that my heart can have Joy that I can feel satisfied in my soul, regardless of my dad's emotions and situations, and regardless of the circumstances in my own life. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this by any means, by a long shot, actually. But what I have realized is when I notice sin in my own life, it's often as a result of I've let another voice speak into my heart that isn't the voice of my shepherd. Sometimes it may be that I'm cherishing Lydia's voice instead of Jesus. Sometimes it's maybe I'm cherishing my kids' voices over Jesus. Sometimes I'm cherishing my own voice over Jesus. Sometimes I may be cherishing and giving too much weight to a complaint by a church member's voice instead of the voice of Jesus. The reality is I fall into sin when I fail to cherish the voice of my shepherd. You probably can recognize the same reality in your own life. What I want you to really ponder this morning is whether the voice of Jesus is the voice that you cherish, the voice that you treasure. It's only in valuing, prizing Jesus and his voice that you actually find yourself wanting to follow that voice. So, brothers and sisters, the reality is that you're surrounded by a multitude of voices. Which one do you cherish? And thus, which one do you follow? Don't be like those who we see here at the end in verse 6. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Don't be like the ones who are in unbelief and can't even grasp the concept of having Jesus be your shepherd. Don't entrust yourself to the voices of the world, whether it's a friend or family member or someone you listen to on the internet. Don't give your own voice the authority, thinking that you can be your own shepherd somehow. But instead, trust the voice of the true shepherd the one that the gatekeeper opens to, the one that God has already approved of, because this is God being your shepherd in Jesus. When Jesus is your shepherd, then, all the other voices around you seem to carry much less weight. And you find yourself only wanting to go where your shepherd is leading you to go. If you truly belong to Jesus, you find yourself devoted to his voice, and only to the voices of others who point you back to the voice of your shepherd. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've realized how much you've followed other voices in life. Whether it's the voice of someone else or voice of yourself. And maybe you're beginning this morning to hear the voice of the shepherd again. Hear the voice of him calling you by name. I want to urge you this morning to turn away, not just today, but every day of your life. Turn away from those other voices. Trust Jesus. Trust His voice to be your shepherd, the one who knows you by name, knows every detail about you, and still calls you, and not only calls you, but leads you, the one who will never leave you alone. Will you trust Jesus to be your shepherd this morning? Let's pray. Father, we know, we know how much, how much weight we let other voices carry in our lives. Help us to recognize when we're allowing other voices to have our trust. Help us to realize when we're following the voices of strangers that aren't pointing us to Jesus. And help us to turn from those, repent from those, and come back to our shepherd who calls us by name, who never leaves us alone, who is always with us, and who is always leading us, We would just come to him and follow. Help us to trust Jesus as our shepherd this morning. And as we go throughout our lives, not just this morning, help us to trust him each and every day. May we wake up with a commitment with Jesus to be our shepherd. Not ourselves, not the media not friends, not family, only Jesus to be our shepherd. May we filter through the voices around us and only give our heart to those who are pointing us back to our true shepherd. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.